Welcome to The Senior Caregiver, where we talk about caring for aging loved ones and ourselves. This is a safe space that recognizes both the joys and challenges of senior caregiving. Our goal in every episode is to provide helpful resources and how-to information for you. I'm Bill Worthington. In our previous episode, I feel like we only scratched the surface of caring for and connecting with someone experiencing Alzheimer's or other forms of memory loss, so I've convinced Rita Altman to be with us again. Rita is Senior Vice President of Memory Care and Program Services for Sunrise Senior Living and brings more than 35 years of nursing experience. Rita believes in the power of caring with empathy and helps ensure that Sunrise's communities provide meaningful assisted living and memory care programming. Let's pivot a bit to discuss more specifically the caregiver experience. Rita, thanks for being with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Now, how about this scenario? One in which you have three generations. You've got the aging parent, their child, you, and your children, all under the same roof. You've got to raise your own children. That's a big enough job as it is, but also be the caregiver for that aging parent. What can you say to that person who may be listening right now? Look, one of the first things I'd like to say for that person, that person that you just described is is actually what many refer to as being in the sandwich generation because they're not only caring for their own children and their own family, but they're caring for a parent or an elderly loved one. So that that requires lots of caregiving hours. Uh, it, It really can be quite a stressful situation for them. So uh, again, tuning back into the importance of them um, having support that they need, doing something for themselves every single day that makes them feel good. Again, it might feel like you have very little time in the day, especially when you're caring for so many people in your life, but to try to find at least a little time every day to nurture your own spirit is really important because very often caregivers can burn out. They can become ill. Um, You know, they they really don't care for themselves as much uh, because they're taking such good care of others. But really, uh, we can't care for others well if we don't take care of ourselves. So that that would be the first thing I would say. Consider yourself. Uh, It isn't selfish to think about what you need in a day, in any given day. May not be able to find a lot of time to do it, but find whatever time you can and don't be afraid to ask for help. I see. Yes, yes, yes. So make the declarative statement. I'm going to a movie or I'm going to go shopping. Or exactly. A- That's a great point. Make the declarative statement. I like that. Yes. Uh, you know, really put it out there. Make, make it clear. Say that you're going to do it and then follow through and do it. Um, very often it means you need to either ask for someone's help or you need to say yes when someone does offer that help, right? So that that's first and foremost. Uh, if, if you're doing that and taking care of yourself, eating well, exercising, you know, doing something that, that makes you feel good every day, you're, you're in better shape to take care of someone else. So we've, we've established that. The next thing that we'd want to do is um, accept this as a day-to-day journey and do all you can to live in the moment with that person. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's very easy to become frustrated, uh, to become sad, 
to, it's a normal feeling to even sometimes become angry uh, because this disease is really robbing your loved one of their memory, of their abilities, all the things they've always been able to do. You're suddenly seeing that they can't do it the same way. I'd say for caregivers, keep in mind they are not doing any of it on purpose. Mm. They, they, they don't have some hidden agenda. I, I'm Deep inside, I'm sure they would all wish that none of the behaviors that you may be seeing are intentional. They're happening as a result of the disease, of the changes that are happening in their brain. So try to keep that in perspective, as difficult as that may sometimes be. Now, Rita, I imagine it's hard on some caregivers in that situation because they're doing the best they can to manage a household, to raise their children, to care for an aging parent, and to make time for themselves. But what about if we add even a little more stress to that caregiver? If they have brothers and sisters who are not as free with their time helping out, I guess you need some pretty strong coping mechanisms in that situation. Absolutely. And family dynamics always come to play. So they're very often, to your point, will be one person who emerges as the primary caregiver, uh, whether it means they have more time to do it or whether it means they want to do it more or they live nearby, you know, there are so many reasons. But I think that the point you bring up is, is something that happens often, that we hear about often. And one of the most important things that I would say would be to be honest, be transparent. It's really difficult not to judge a sibling who doesn't seem to be helping. Especially when you take into account that even in the most loving homes, brothers and sisters are going to grow up in kind of a state of suspended warfare anyway and find it very natural to get on each other's case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, And I think, you know, keeping those lines of communication open and not being afraid to say, hey, I really could use some help. And if you can't be here, or maybe understandably they live on the other side of the continent, you know, they can't be there. Mm -hmm. How can you help me out? Um, So I I think it's sometimes it, it can just mean that that sibling gives them more time on a phone call, you know, to just listen to them and to let them vent about things. Uh, there are lots of ways siblings can help each other, even when they can't be there. So, so I think it's exploring that. Uh, again, great ideas happen in support groups where people really commiserate and kind of learn from each other about how they've dealt with it. Uh, but, but most importantly, I think it's just trying your hardest to be open, always focusing on the person that you all love, that you're all caring for, kind of trying not to be overly um, focused on yourself, focus on them, and don't be afraid to ask for that help or to say, hey, I really, I really need it. Because there are times when the caregiver is just going to have to, you know, put that down in, in plain clear language to their siblings. Yes. Hold a family circle and have at it, so to speak. Okay. So what about those times when we find it's just too difficult? And in spite of being all in in the beginning, making a decision to place our loved ones in round-the-clock care in a professional setting, is that an option we should freely consider when it's time? Absolutely. I And I think that many, many people would want to be able to be there throughout the entire journey of memory loss for their loved one. Um, Your point about just saying, yep, I'm all in, I want to do this. Um, The realities of caregiving um, and what what can feel like a 
more than 24-hour day of caregiving can begin to take its toll. Uh, as much as you love your loved one, sometimes there, there may be some behavioral expressions, um, some moments that might be a little challenging, such as their need for personal care. Um, maybe it has to do with uh, continence issues occurring, you know, bathroom time in the bathroom. That's something that perhaps you've never had to do for an elderly person or let alone your parent. And, and suddenly there's this big role reversal that occurs. And that can be a really difficult, challenging uh, situation for any caregiver. So, so I think it's really knowing the caregiver has to know what their limitations are, be honest about it, ask for help. Uh, sometimes that can mean home care. Sometimes that can mean adult day services. Uh, very often it can come to uh, a point in time when it means uh, finding a really, really good, and by that I mean a very home-like, loving environment, uh, memory care neighborhood, uh, assisted living uh, environment for one's loved one, where they can still be a very, very, uh, still be a really, uh, or play a really important role in their loved one's life, maybe in even an, a better way in that they're not as, as focused on doing the day-to-day -day physical care. And when they are with their loved one, they can take advantage of being with them, focusing on all more of the fun things than the day-to-day -day tasks. That's right. And with a community that's got so many team members dedicated to working with your loved one around the clock, when you arrive to spend time with your loved one, that gives you more quality time to spend with them as opposed to the day in and day out routine of keeping everything managed. Right. It, you know, it could be that at home, um, one's mom or dad with memory loss told the same story over and over or asked the same question over and over every day. So after hearing that five or six times, the caregiver might get a little, Mom, yes, I, yeah, we talked about that, Mom. Yep, yep, that's right. Uh, but begin to become a little bit frustrated. I sure. mean, that, again, is human nature. It could be forgiven. Yeah, for that, again, again, keep taking those centering breaths. Keep listening. Uh, keep keep your loved one very engaged. But many, many times, you know, it's just important to note that if a person is now living in a memory care neighborhood, uh, they can tell that story that many times and even more times. There are that many more people to listen yes. and Good to respond and, and to still uh, to listen with that eagerness uh, that one might not have after having heard the story five, ten or more times a day. Uh, Rita, on a personal note, my mom is uh, 91 years old and she's doing great. And I'm often wondering, maybe it's time to sit down with a video camera or a recorder of some sort and get her to just tell all the great stories that she's told us over the years. And I'm wondering, uh, for someone in a similar situation that's looking at the beginnings of Alzheimer's, it, does it come on so quickly that it makes something like that impossible? Or do you have a certain amount of time to have these kinds well, of conversations? Well, I think it all depends on the person. Mm. So I really can't answer that. Again, generally speaking, mm. um, some individuals retain their, their uh, verbal skills and abilities 
very well throughout, even throughout the, the moderate or the middle stages of memory loss. Some may have a form that affects their speech center more, um, or they may lose the ability uh, to speak well. So everybody's going to take a slightly different pathway. Uh, I would not let that discourage me, though. Right, right, um, right. As long as, as your loved one can still uh, talk to you and respond to you, it's never too late. I love your suggestion, and I think that's that's a really, really good thing to do. Reminisce. Uh, learn from them. I think that so often we talk about memory loss and, and individuals with Alzheimer's disease and related forms of memory loss. There's such a stigma to this. You know, it's almost as if people look at them as if they're non-persons because they forgot so much, we need to step back and remember that there's still so much that they have, that they still have so many skills, so many abilities, so much wisdom. Uh, in fact, our, our team members, our care managers, and, and um, just everybody who cares for, for residents at Sunrise will so often talk about those nuggets of wisdom that individuals who have advanced memory loss um, still have, things they share, stories they love to tell. So absolutely, get, their, get, get as much as you can from them about their life story, their experiences. Those are priceless. Priceless. That's a good word for it. Absolutely. Rita, there's so much more we would like to talk with you about. We've run out of time right now. I hope you can hang around for another a chance to uh, cover some ground in this podcast series. Can you do that? I'd like that. Thank you. The Senior Caregiver is brought to you by Sunrise Senior Living. With communities in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, Sunrise residents receive personalized care based on their unique interests and needs with a focus on preserving dignity and promoting independence. For more information and resources, please visit sunriseseniorliving.com.